Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Whiskey Sour Libations and Conversations. Um, before I, I think I only put on this eyeshadow on one eyelid. Oh, God. Uh, anyway, so before we bring in our guest for this week, I just have a couple of, you know, uh, church announcements. Um, don't forget to shop the candles, um, saint-angelus.com slash candles. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share the podcast with all your friends. You know, we're trying to do these numbers, run these numbers up. And, and that's all I got for y'all this week. Make sure you buy a candle because I might have a promo happening. So, yeah. Um, now we're going to bring in our guest. Um, you, you've you seen tons of shows and podcasts like Wording is Hard, the World Series of Spades, and Damn, Internet, You Scary, all filmed at his studio. You've also seen his work on National Geographic, Discovery, and the Travel Channel. Please give a warm welcome to Brendan Edwards. Hey! <laughs> How goes it? How are you? All is well, man. How you doing? I see. I, the, I don't see the eyeshadow thing, by the way. You, you look fine to me. Okay, it, it, it's like over here. I was like, oh, I didn't blend enough. <laughs> I got it now, kind of. Well, you know, mm-hmm. it happens. What's going on? <laughs> uh, you know, just sitting in my soon-to-be remodeled office that I'd be, I, I'm cringe. I'm just like, oh man, all this is gonna be gone. But uh, thinking about better days to come. <laughs> Okay. Um, well, you know what? I'm not going to hold you. So let's just jump right into it. Okay. Um, tell us how like Transit Pictures came to be. Transit Pictures came to be um, because I was working on the Travel Channel show with, uh, okay. it was my very first time working as a producer. Um, I got hired to travel around with a crew of like six people and we um, were traveling around and one of the crew members was this guy named Tony Valentino. He was the assistant camera operator and I was the uh, coordinator slash producer. And it was hell. Like it was absolutely terrible. Um, But we did like a lot of stress bonding. And after the shoot, he pretty much was just like, yo, I want to go across the world and shoot all kind of cool stuff. And I was like, that's cool because I like money. So I'm gonna stay here and you can go be broke. He went off and did that. He came back and was like, look at all this cool footage. And I was just like, congratulations, what are you gonna do with it? He's like, I don't know, but I need somebody who can organize it and make it right. And it's gonna be you. And I was like, I am doing so much better now than when you left my brother months ago. I'm working on the BBC, I'm working on Top Gear, all these other kind of things. And I'm about to travel the world anyway. And I was wrong. Um, <laughs> these shows kept promising me I was gonna travel the world and they didn't take me out there. And then when that uh, my second show broke my heart and didn't take me international for the uh, you know for the last time, he was like, "Bro, we can go international. We can do this ourselves." I was like, "Fine." And we created this show, um, this idea of a show called Destination Everywhere, um, and that was the foundational spark of uh, Transit Pictures, and that's how we started it. Wow! Oh, shout out to Tony. I know Tony. Yeah, uh, he's the he and I founded it together. Yeah, I was like, I know, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it, I thought it was you. Okay, cool. That's dope. Um, Okay, so since you told us like the kind of like the foundation of transit, give us mm-hmm. a little bit like about your background. Like, did you go to school for video production or <laughs> like, did it kind of just fall into your lap? Like what happened? No, I did not go to, I went to school for political science at Oakland University. I'm from Michigan. <laughs> um, and I didn't move to LA to work in entertainment either. It was more so like I saw the glass ceiling where I was from okay. in Michigan, I saw it and I was just like, if I stay here in the next five years, I'm going to be fat and I'm going to have kids. And then I know what the rest of my life looks like. I saw it. I could see the rest of my life. I was like, I know the trajectory. I won't be poor. I won't be broke. But I also won't be happy because I will never, 
I like the idea of the X factor in the sense of like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know I'm going to be there. So it's going to be okay. Um, and so I just, you know, took a leap of faith. My bro- I have a twin brother named Alonzo. And he's like, I'm going to go out there with you. Um, but he ended up getting like a huge music uh, opportunity in Atlanta, like a week before we left. So then I ended up coming out here by myself um, and was pretty much homeless for a whole year. and was just like, you know, sleeping in the car, couch surfing just figuring it out. You know, I was just, I was out here for an adventure. Like I was like, I'm gonna figure something out. I'm, I'm gonna make a way. Cause I'm not going back to Michigan. I'm done with snow. And I ended up uh, working for a black box theater play um, okay. by a woman named Audra Bryant. And after uh, she's amazing by the way. And she gave, because I did such a good job on her uh, play as the, uh, what's it called? Stage manager, which I had never mm-hmm. done before either. I did such a good job. She recommended me for an opportunity to work on the X factor, um, which I didn't know what that was. And so I interviewed and they were like, okay, you're hired. And I was like, for what? The X Factor. I was like, okay, what is that? And they're just like, just show up to this address. And I ended up working on that show for like a whole year. And then that led me to all these other opportunities, being a producer for a bunch of different other networks. Um, and that led wow. me to time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like that is so, so dope. Like when you talk about like taking a risk and all of that stuff and just going with the flow. And I think especially... We think about like all the bad things that hap- that could happen. We never focus on, but like this could happen for me or this could take me somewhere that I never even imagined. And you really like stuck with it. Like that's so well, freaking you know, cool. I always recommend this. If you're thinking about taking a risk, always imagine what the worst case scenario is. You know, it's a calculated risk. And for me, it's like, I'm fortunate enough to have like a really dope family. And mm-hmm. so if I came out to L.A. and I failed, then, you know, I could always go home and be supported by them and, you know, try again, some, try something else again. Right. You know, so like for me, I, it didn't feel like a real risk. It felt like an adventure because I'm like, I have this foundation of family that's going to support me. You know, they ain't going right. to be they're not going to be sending me money or nothing. But if I go back, I got a place to sleep and a place to eat when I go back home. Right. Kind of vibe. And so I was just like, you know, that's the worst case scenario. I end up right back where I started. So that's not a, for me. That wasn't a really bad case scenario in the, in the, in the first place. I was like, you know, let's do it. Yeah, that's how it kind of was for for me. I knew like at a very young age that I wanted to move out here, um, and I was explaining to. I'm from St. Louis. Oh, you said you to here to here. All right, go on. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, funny story. Uh, to here, actually, I know to here through my big sister. To hear my big sister went to middle school together, and they were like boyfriend and girlfriend for about a week, and then she like. I heard about that at his birthday. Yes. Yeah. I heard about that. Her family wasn't a fan of this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so mm. that I never hide. That's my sister. Um, awesome. But I was expl- explaining to him like that year, like I was. It was my freshman year going into high school. I came to LA and I went to New York. And when I touched down in LA, like it was something different about the air. And I didn't know how I was gonna get here, but I knew I was gonna get here. Mm-hmm. I didn't care for New York too much. The the summer I went in the summer uh, a couple weeks before. It was like St. Louis. I, I, I was yeah. fortunate enough to go, you know, I was there literally a couple of weeks before 9-11 happened. So I have like footage, photos and stuff of the Twin Towers and all of that. So that was like, when that happened, I was just like, oh my God, like, that's crazy. Like I was just there, but I didn't know how I was going to get here. I just knew I was going to get here some kind of way. And I went through, I was fortunate enough to have a job. But man, the living, the whole thing, that living situation, it was crazy. Like, right. It's I figured it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, I figured it out. And um, I'm 12 years in, in the game. So 
that's just really crazy. And I, I, my situation is similar to yours. Like I knew the worst case scenario was going back home. Right. And I, I had a family that was pretty supportive. They didn't understand what I was really trying to do because my, my family is very education. Like you need to get a degree, which I did do for journalism, uh, broadcast journalism. And so I was like, I'm gonna figure it out. My mom's like, where's the blog? What's the podcast? Does it bring you money? Can you pay it off of it? I was like, yeah, it's your time. You yeah, know, for sure. yeah. yeah. She's like, oh, okay. Are you, are you okay? I was going to come and kidnap you. I'm like, just let me stay where I am. I'm okay. Right. So like you said, I, I think it was just like the, 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 I feel like people from the Midwest are built different. I guess you could kind of say you're like mid Northwest kind of. Oh, no, like. Michigan is definitely Midwest. Okay. It's weird. So, it's weird to consider it that, but it's like on a map, it doesn't seem like it, but it's like, it's Midwest, it's Midwest in the mud. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like middle, but it's like, I know it's North. So I was like, is it North? Midwest? I don't know how nah, you it's, say it's that. It's straight up Midwest. It's just like carved out like that line on the uh, East coast of Ohio and Michigan. It's just like, that's the Midwest. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I feel like we are built different because mm -hmm. I feel like, I believe that we we yes, we could go home to our families, but we knew ultimately, like taking taking that risk, walking in things that kind of like really fulfill us, that makes us happy. And so I feel, I believe that we go harder out here than some of the people that are natives or from like tr transplants from other states. Sometimes, just as the work ethic, and it's like I can't go home. I can't go home. I don't want to go home. I don't want to go home. So I'm gonna figure right. it out. I'm gonna figure it out. So. Yeah, no, I mean, there's there's definitely something different. I, I honestly, I just feel like people from the Midwest are just generally really nice too. <laughs> like, they can't help themselves. It's like you're really friendly. It's like yeah, you know, Michigan. Can't I'm yeah. gonna tell you. Mm -hmm. I mean, here's the cool thing: if you did have to go back home, you could you could buy a block. You could you would have a block of like property. Oh I yeah, mean, I mean, I like I remember before I left, like I could have bought like houses in Detroit for like fifty dollars, and yes. it's like well, same though, I was like, no, nah, I don't want to. You said what? You could in St. Louis, you can buy a house for a dollar. They have this, um, like, it's not a mandate. It's like a, a law. Like, but you have to go live in it, right? Yeah, so you have to have the equity to, like, pretty much put into this house to, like, do the repairs and all that stuff. But, yeah, they have the sale. You could buy houses for a dollar. And then they have another thing, too, where if you have, a like, a vacant lot or, or house next to you, and you mow the lawn, I believe, for about like seven years, you can. You um, yep. Yeah, yeah I mean, so. that's like the opposite of L.A. in every way. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's the opposite. Because like people are, you know, like Detroit's population when I was there was shrinking every year, you know, because people are wow. leaving. And so, you know, it's to even like it's not shrinking, shrinking anymore. Now it's growing again. Yeah. Um, but I, I just remember the max exodus because it's just like there's no opportunity here. You know, yeah. and so it's just like you come to a place like L.A., it's like I remember when I first got here, there was literally not a single thing here that reminded me of home. Nothing. Not the weather, yeah. not the smells, not the people, not the streets, not the cars, like literally nothing. No, like, wow. wow this is yeah. mm -hmm. it, was, it was. But it was. Did you do you feel like you had kind of like a hard time adapting or did you, it just kind of like fell? Everything kind of fell into place besides, I mean, outside of being homeless. I mean, that's a really hard question to answer when it's just like the first year I was homeless. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, yeah, yeah I had a hard time, but it was by choice. It wasn't like I was like, oh, no, circumstance says I'm homeless. You know, it's like, no, I was yeah. I just didn't have any income and I had very little money. So I'm just like, all right, well, I'm not going to go try to spend all my money just on a place to live. And right. 
you know, so I was just like, it was, yeah, it was really hard to do that because I had never done anything like that before, you know, kind of sleeping out the car and, you know, using a gym as a shower kind of vibe. Like that's, yeah. that's hard. But at the same time, when you choose to do it, like when you choose hardship, it's not the same. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. not like, I'm, I, was, I was never like, whoa, is me. This is difficult. I'm struggling. Somebody help me. You know, I just handled it and just did it. And it was just like, all right, cool. You know, where's like, you know, the hardest part to me was like figuring out like, what was my lane? You know, because I didn't let like most people come out to L.A. with, with a lane in mind. You know, they're yeah. like, I'm here to be an actor. I'm here to be a ball player. You know, whatever it is, like you're here to do something specific. And for me, I was like, I'm here to learn about me. You know, I'm, yeah. learn, I'm here to see like what I can be, you know, what my potential is. And, you know, that made it much more difficult. Like the more you know about what you want, the easier it is to get it. So I had a really yeah. hard time getting what I wanted because I'm just like, it's, it's nebulous. It's whatever, you know. Yeah. I want success. I want money. And they're like, OK, well, how do you want to get it? How do you like, want to you know? get it? Good That's question. so interesting. I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> um, it's so interesting that you say that because I I, I talk a lot of, or, and speak a lot about kind of like knowing my purpose. You know, when I moved out here, kind of getting comfortable and sidetracked a little bit, and then falling back into that that space. And you're like, well, I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, when I got here, I just knew that I didn't want to be at home, and I knew something was would work out. And then you fall into this job that leads you to all these great opportunities, right. which leads you here to mm -hmm. creating your own um, studio, like, and, and, and partnering with so many amazing people. Um, what was some of the hardships that you guys kind of came into as, or if there were any, when you guys, when you and Tony created Transit? Oh man, there's so many. Like, it's like having a production company in LA is like having, <laughs> you know, it's like it's like having ice in the winter in Michigan. You know what I'm saying? It's just oh, like wow. everybody has one. Like okay. everybody has a production company. Everybody thinks they know what they're doing. Everybody has a camera. Everybody knows somebody who can DP. Everybody knows somebody who can direct. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a yeah. million directors. There's a million DPs. There's a million production companies in LA. So how do you set yourself apart? How do you get clients? Yeah. You know, um, that's a real challenge. And that was my job was to find us clients. And so like we've had a lot of really interesting experience with like a bunch of random clients that we only needed for that temporary that moment. You know, yeah. so it's just like, you know, the company first started, like our main revenue source was we, you know, we had a couple cameras. We would just rent them out to our friends who we had worked with on those travel channel shows when they were doing their jobs. We would rent them cameras. And that was the main income of the company for like the first year. It's just renting wow. out the cameras that we had, you know. So then the business model switched is like I started networking around and we started working on projects with people and starting to be able to show people what we did. You know, we went that first project we did. I got us funding to be able to go to Cambodia and shoot for a month. You know, and so we came back with like a sizzle that was insane. It's amazing. You can actually see the show on Kevin Stage Studios app. Um, is the it's called Destination Everywhere, um, and it's with it's Mike, a, huh? With Mike? Yeah, MJ. Oh wow! Oh yeah, y'all do yeah. know each other. I forgot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, like, took him. Know to this. <laughs> uh, we took him to Cambodia. You know, he's a Grammy-winning wow. singer-songwriter and did the Anthony Bourdain thing. He traveled around the country and learned about the culture through the music. And, you know, we made a really incredible show. We made an incredible show. Um, and that sizzle reel got us a lot of clients because people are like, well, what are you capable of? We're like this, you know, and they're like, well, I don't need that. And we're like, well, we want to sell this. They're like, that's nice. Cool. But like, could you do this? We're like, yeah, we can do anything. Um, and so we just started doing anything and we did it for cheap on purpose. We started off the company being like, look, we're going to charge them bare minimum to get these things done so we can build our resume. Um, cause we know we're good, but nobody else does. And what does it matter to know it if you, if you can't show it? And so it, it got really challenging. Like it was like, 
it was a real grind for years, you know, just wow. figuring that out. Like our, our business strategy was, you know, work for everybody for super cheap until the point where people start coming back to us um, to work with us again and then raise the price. And then after that, you know, then move into, you know, creating stuff for ourselves. And okay. so using the funding from the other clients to be able to start buying more gear, you know, and like, and just start building. But every risk we took, we took so many big risks, like our first studio, which I think you've been to before. Remember the one in yeah. Um, Glendale? Yeah, that mm -hmm. was a huge risk. We didn't have any consistent income at that point. When it was like, we signed the lease on that place. We didn't have like, oh, here's our client that pays us every month this much. Like we didn't have any of that. We had a little bit of money saved up and we had some hope and some dreams, you know? And it's like, Brennan, go ahead and find us more clients. So like, that was my job. Find us more clients so that we can pay for the rent that we just, you know, incurred. And so it's just like, oh shit. Well, now there's real pressure because before I was just like, I could still work as a producer and go make money and as a drone pilot. You know, so I was like, I'm a professional drone pilot. So like, I can go do that or go produce on a project and make enough money to survive for a while if I need to. And then my business partner, Tony, he could go camera operate, you know, and go make money yeah. and we could be fine. But now we have, you know, we have an office and we start and we also hired our homie, Rob. So now we have an office and a staff we have to support, you know. And so it's just like, can't just go off and do something selfishly anymore for myself. Like I have to actually, right. I'm here. So that junk was scary. It was really hard. You know, there was like, you know, especially like in 2019, right before the pandemic hit, like in the middle of 2019 was the toughest time we had. It's like all the clients just went away, dried up. There's nothing we could do. We have no income. And we were just like, whew. And the year before we had giant clients, like made a bunch wow. of money. And it was great. So to go from up here to down there, you know, with like, with no guarantee of ever coming back up, you know, and so like having to lay off your employees and you know, things like that. It's pretty tough. Yeah. Um, and then when we did get our money back, we got clients. I got us some big deals and we're like, cool, we signed the you know, ink was still wet on these contracts for over five hundred thousand dollars in deals. And then bam, March 2020, pandemic, lost everything. You know, and then we gained more than we ever lost, because keep your distance. Yeah. So you know, pretty you... Hmm? No, I said go ahead. You said pretty No, how did what? Which was say how to what? Well, I was, that's what I was going to allude to. Okay. So you have keep your distance happening. How did you come into that partnership? Like with Kev, like what happened? Did you guys, were you guys already friends? Did somebody put you guys in contact or, you know, how did that come to be? Cause you know, keep your distances became a thing, like a really big thing, which I only right. went to once. I was like trying to sneak in. <laughs> that was a good time. You should come. Great time. Um, the next one's uh, film. Well, I'll tell you afterwards when the next okay, one's filmed. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They don't, they don't even all that. Um, but <laughs> no, the way that happened was, is that my business partner, Tony, and one of my producers okay. we work with, Randy, they got hired to work with another comedian during the pandemic who was doing okay. a live stream comedy show. And this comedian is not, does not have a big following or whatever, but he made pretty good money on the show. And they came back because, you know, my boy produced it. So he right. came to me and was like, bro, look what this comedian did. You know, like maybe you could do that with one of the comedians you work with. And I was just like, crazy you know and tony's like yeah we definitely got to do this you know and i was like all right cool and um i approached uh tony baker with it and he was just like nah i don't do that uh i don't do uh d digital comedy shows bro and i think Wait, that was because like a lot of people were having time. you said I what said one more time in tony's voice <laughs> nah bro i don't i didn't even i don't even do those comedy shows man <laughs> i was just like all right because i think he had been on those comedy shows with, like those led walls with like yeah. audience that's like on Zoom or something like that. And there's like a delay okay. la delay for laughter and stuff. And he was just like, I don't do those virtual things anymore. And I don't think I did, I didn't do a good job of like pitching him what the actual idea was. So okay. that's on me. 
And so okay. after that, I was a little, I was really discouraged when, you know, I got shut down hard by Tony. And so I called Tahir, actually. And I told okay. him the idea. And I think I did a much better job of explaining it to Tahir. I think Tahir got it immediately. Um, and Tahir was just like, hmm. I was like, do you think it's a good idea? He's like, I don't know. Let me think about it. I'll call you back. And he didn't call me back. He called Kev. Okay. Okay. And then, and then Kev called me. And I didn't even know Kev had my number. because I didn't even know Kev like that. Like Kev had been to our studio a couple of times. Kev and I had had some like really good conversations before because he had come to our studio to film for Tony Baker's YouTube channel. Um, okay. We, you know, we're really in, you know, we, Tony Baker's one of the owners of Transit Pictures, you know? So oh, like he's, wow. yeah, Tony okay. Baker's family. He's our family. And so, um, yeah, he's amazing. Um, and so we've, I've met him before and had talked to him before and, you know, we had a lot of mutual respect, but I didn't actually know who Kev on stage was. Like, I just knew him as another comedian that had come with him space. And then who was really smart. Like I talked with him, I'm like, this dude's smart to the mug. But I didn't know about his following. I didn't know about his fans. I didn't know about how much, you know, community he had built, not fans right. or followers. He like, it's community, real community right. he had built. I didn't know about that. And so he called me and was just like mad at me. He's like, why didn't you call me with this? I'm just like, I didn't even have your number. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so we talked about it and we were like, we're going to do it. We started to get things together, but then the pandemic started to like open back up. Remember all those times I was like closing, open and opening. Yes. And then Kevin was like, no, nah, I'm about to go back on tour. You know, like these people are opening up these dates. We're not going to do this. I'm not going to do it. And I was like, dang. And then um, DL Hughley got on stage and passed out. And then like that day, Kev called me back, was like, all right, so it looks like we're in this pandemic for a little bit longer. Wow. Let's go ahead and do, let's go ahead and do this keep your distance thing. And I was just like, okay. And so I'll never forget it. You know, Kev had never worked with us before. I mean, he had not like he had he, I don't know who he'd been working with before us, um, but the experience must have been pretty different because I told him his call time was at like the show was gonna be at seven o'clock, I think. And I told him his call time was like six. And he showed up at like two. Wow. And and but by two o'clock, we were already set up. Everything was done. We were just eating lunch, chilling. And so he showed up and was like, okay, what do what y'all need? Like, what's wrong? Where are the problems? You know, because he had been promoting the show. So he's like, you know, his name is on this. So he's worried. He's like, I got to make sure this works. I don't really know y'all like that. Right. But I was just like, everything's fine, Kev. Matter of fact, let me walk you around and show you everything we did. And so we, I just walked around and showed him all the preparation we did for the show and how we, you know, how meticulous we were about all of it, how the streaming was going to work, where the audience was going to be. And I remember afterwards, he just like sat down by himself out in the chair and was just like looking up at the sky, just like, whoa. You know, kind of vibe. Wow. I didn't know what he was thinking at that point. I had no idea, you know, yeah. but ended up being, you know, a wonderful success. And, you know, I think 24 shows later is still something that's really popular. People are really into. And it's one of my favorite things that we do because, um, you know, comedy is amazing. That's, you know, the whole reason that we even work in comedy is because Tony Valentino loves comedy. And wow. so we used to go to comedy shows and I mean, these dudes are so talented. This is these people are so talented. Uh, man, it'd be cool to work with them because we didn't have a way of working with them. And then we, you know, figured out the YouTube thing. We're like, oh, yeah, let's do that. You know, in our spare time, we're just going to start YouTubing with, you know, these guys. And that worked. Um, yeah, and so that brought crazy. us to Keep Your Distance, which brought us to Kevin Stage Studios. Wow. And so from that, from that moment, that's how that even came about. Like, I think about, I'm like, well, you kind of sometimes you wonder, like, what's in people's minds. And like, mm -hmm. even like I brag about Kev and the app, like all the time, like in the story. And I tell people, I'm like, hey. Literally yesterday, I told my friend, I said, you're a writer. You came here. We went to college together. You went to Atlanta. You was in New York. You're here now. Did the writing fellowship at UCLA. Hey, you just got to put it out there. Don't look for anybody to finance it. We know people that have cameras and all this different stuff. Shoot it. 
Just try. I'm like, because you can't wait on somebody to give you this opportunity. And look what came from somebody studios consistently telling Kevin no and creating this, this, this beautiful, crazy, hilarious, like app. I, I love that app. I, I, it's, it's like endless content. It's so many things like that you can like, Thank you. you know, watch, mm-hmm. catch up on too. So it's just like, hey, somebody not going to give it to you. Like you did, like I created this space myself. Yes. It, it, it's think about like, like you said, like it's how you market yourself. Like that happened to me when I started um, making candles. You know, I had I had my own like mom say to me, like, well, everybody makes candles. I said everybody may make might make candles, but they're not selling them how I sell them. Like I'm selling a lifestyle. This is a brand. So right. yeah, this person might have it at this price point and I'll have it at this price point. But I was like, I'm I'm selling luxury. I know what I'm doing. Cause that's something right. that I knew how to do. And mm-hmm. so it's just like inspirational when you kind of hear like people's stories and wondered like wonder like what happened and how they got here and you hear that and it, it gives me chills like I think that's so amazing and dope. Thank you. Well, we got something coming out real soon that's going to be very special. It's a little bit outside of the wheelhouse of what we've done thus far. It's like our mm-hmm. first dive into like scripted content or I, I should say semi scripted content. Um, and it's coming out really soon. Um, it's called. Uh, really? I'll just let you know. It's called a workplace comedy. Um, and it features all the people like we got some for real dope guest appearances in it. And it's like based our idea is that we based it off of like three shows, um, The Office, Always Sunny in Philadelphia and um, what's the third one? Parks and Rec. Okay, okay. Somewhere between those three shows, you're going to find what this show is. No, no, I'm sorry. Not uh, Parks and Rec. The third one is uh, what's it called? Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Okay. 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 okay, okay. Finding a a middle ground between all three of those shows with the talent that we work with. Okay. uh, We nailed it. (laughs) So I'm gonna say, like, this show is. Let me go. Let me go first of all my acting skills. Let me go take a class real quick. It's been a while. (laughs) I say, hit the improv scene. That's really yeah. that's really what uh would be attractive to us, you know. Come come do the uh, black people don't do improv show. That's where we that's how we groom everybody. That's how we know if we you know we got chops or not. Okay, hmm? so, hey, put put me down. I will come. I'm like I'm quick on my feet. I'm like right, that's less. one thing. That's one thing. You say I that. You, you say know that. What? It's it's interesting. I had to take a speech and debate in public speaking, mm-hmm. and so like those tools like also like kind of help you. Um, I'm not saying I'm the best, but I would, I would definitely. Is, all I say is this. We're about to drop a new season of Black People Don't Do Improv where we switched okay. it up heavy. When you watch that next season, I want you to hit me up afterwards. And if you were all like, right. yo, I can do this, then we'll we'll create the opportunity. But all I say is that the worst thing you could do is show up and not be ready for it. Um, okay. So, you know what I'm saying? Check it out first is what I'll say. Because okay. it's I pretty can- intense. I, I can definitely do that for you. Uh, you know, being from the Midwest, um, I feel like I'm built Lexus tough, not a Ford. Sorry. Uh, you know how American cars kind of break mm-hmm. down. <laughs> wait, wait, I'm sorry. What were you about to say about American cars? They they kind of, they break. My, my grandfather said to never buy an American car. Well, that look, that was true in the 80s. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Speaking as I grew up in, uh, Michigan, where all the American cars are made, I ain't going to hear that because now you, know what I'm saying? you look at the JD power and associates, you know, initial quality and resale value, general motors is winning. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So 
I'm just putting it out there. You know, I drive GM cars. I, I drive a Chevy Volt right now. I never had a problem with it, you know? So okay. just putting it out there. Wait, is that electric? That's electric, right? It's like a plug-in hybrid. Oh, nice. I'm like, oh. It's fire. It's this, so dope. Like, like right, right now, is the, I feel like a genius. Because I'm just like, yeah, I get 50 miles on my battery. Plus, if I need it, I have a whole, I have 370 miles on my gas tank. So, and it gets 42 miles per gallon on the gas after the 50 miles of electric. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that, what was that? Is that jealousy? Okay. Just curious. Yeah. So most I, days a, I, don't need any, huh? I, I, I will say this. I, I, I bought my first car last year. Um, Wait, um, you I, lived in LA for 12 years and bought your first car last year. I bought my, I didn't never have a car. Okay. I, my, my father has always been very generous. And Gosh. so, yes. So, um, I bought a Nissan Rogue. I, I stayed, though I have champagne taste. I was kind of on a, you know, and not mm -hmm. that that's even on a baloney budget, but I was just like, I've never done this. I don't know what to do. And so I, I didn't even test drive. I'm going to be honest. I didn't even want to even go through that rabbit hole of trying to go through all these dealerships, test drive stuff. My mom had a Nissan, has a Nissan Rogue. I was like, that's the car I'm getting. I'm set. I don't want to look for anything else. Yes, I drive a Lexus. Yes, I want the latest one. That's not in my budget. And maintenance. Now I want to think about it. So, yep. so you happy yeah. with it? So I'm happy. I'm happy with it. Like, but I kind of wish that I would have explored the electric car option. To your got the the Mustang SUV. Like maybe like a month and a half after I got my car, and I was like, man, like I should have nice. waited. He had the same car I had before this. That's what my car is like. The the gateway car for him. Because he had the same exact car that I have, the you know, Chevy Volt. And he's like, this car is amazing, but I want to go full electric. So he went and got that. I'm Now talk about jealous. I got a net. I was like, okay. Yeah, that car is crazy. He's like, I, I was I like, just, I was like, this is a Tesla. It, it, it literally was a Tesla. Um, I haven't seen any of the, the Mustang SUVs. I saw... In the past year, at least I never noticed, but I finally saw another one the other day on the highway. And I was like, man, this is so crazy. People are sleeping on this car. Everybody has a road. I see, I feel like I see Nissan Rogues everywhere. I'm like, got my car. Nobody had this car before I got it out here. Now everybody got it. Now no, that's how it works. That's just life. When you know what I'm saying, if you're looking for if you're looking, if you're looking for a red car, you're gonna see a lot more red cars than you've ever yeah. seen before. You know, just like me now, it's like I see volts everywhere, and I'm like, I never saw one of these before. Like, it's like as soon as you get one, like all you, you notice them much easier now. But they've yeah, always no. been there. I'm like, yeah, that, that, I guess that's that's true. But I'm just like, oh, I, wanna, I like being by myself. Um, <laughs> but um, what is the dopest thing about seeing your dreams come into fruition? Like, if you outside of what we just talked about like what is what is something that's you just funny, like my the biggest wow moment for me is really it's still happening right now is the is being with like being the person who's like the ceo of transit pictures and responsible for your staff who sometimes are your family making sure that everybody has enough to eat um getting into a space where you create sustainability mm. um for me that is that is just beautiful. That's the hardest part about being a business owner is being to create a sustainable business model so that you can, you know, not only sustain but grow. And getting into a space where that becomes the norm and not the exception to the rule is game changer. It's a game changer. 
Um, so I'd say that's for me the most exciting thing thus far is because before it's just like the production company was just a big freelancer. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, like we were like, you know, you're a camera operator. So you're looking for the next cam op job. We're, well, we're a production company looking for the next gig, you know? So it's like we were a freelance production company is what it felt like. And now um, we've worked for so many years with so many clients and, you know, all the things that, you know, Kev's influence and Tony's influence and everyone's influence is being able to bring as opportunities to the table has made it so that, you know, that's not really a huge concern anymore. You know, it's like, are we going to be able to eat? No, now it's by like, how much can, how much can we eat? That's the real question now, mm. you know, like what's, what is like, where does our plate get full and how do we figure out how to delegate or grow the team or build the foundation so that we're sustainable in the way that's going to make it so that we can grow in a sustainable way, you know? Yeah. That's so, crazy. I mean, for me, it's like, that's a hard question for me more so than anything else, because when you're someone who's like, like me, like I've never, I don't live in the moment. I'm always in the future. And so that makes it hard for me to be satisfied with the moment. Which mm. is a problem because, you know, like yeah. being present sometimes is really important and being able to appreciate the moment is something I work on constantly. But, yeah. you know, if I was ever completely satisfied in the moment, then why would I keep pushing for the future? Right. And so, like, I'm not satisfied with the moment because I want it to be better. I'm always thinking about how I can how I can use this moment to make the next one better. Okay. And so, you know, in that space, it's just like, I don't really feel what you're talking about. Like, I don't feel the success yet. I don't feel it at all. It's like I don't feel any different than I did five years ago. It's just, you know, things around me are different, but I don't feel any different. Um, that's something as I think as creatives in general, we have a hard time um, doing is being in the moment and being able to enjoy it. And I think being I'm an an Aquarius, so I'm always in my head. I'm always very like, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? And I can't it also is part of the reason why I think I have like crazy anxiety. And so it's right. one of the things I've really been working on was being present, being able to absorb and soak in what was happening. And it was so funny because I always, I was having a conversation with uh, hear about something and Pat. And I was like, Hey, like, I don't think you realize like who you are, but other people see you in a different light. And so you have to kind of move through that space Mm-hmm. Because you can't sometimes do things that you normally used to do because sometimes it comes with a risk. And so you have to you think about stuff like that. But I think that being in the moment is something that has just been something I've been working on throughout the pandemic because that's also helped keep me sane. I was having anxiety attacks literally burning like every day, every day. It was something. Wow. I'm sorry. And, and it was. The craziest thing about it, I think, was just that I was, I I had years ago, I had lost like a job. And so, and it wasn't, it wasn't my fault or anything. Like, and, and that's being honest. Like, I know sometimes when people get fired, they're like, oh, you did something, you don't want to be accountable. No, I literally was getting sexually harassed on my job and reported it. And it just started a chain ball, like, a, you know, a chain of events that would just take place. And so I think like also living, coming from a space where, things had ultimately became scarce. And I was thinking about like the industry, though I work in like manufacturing, I was like freaking out. I'm like, what if something happens? Like, do I have enough saved or will I be okay? And things like that. And so it was hard for me just to even just enjoy the break, you know, like my hours got cut. I had been working so much overtime. And then I just got to a point where I was just like, oh, this is what rest feels like. Let me take this moment. Let me enjoy it. And then 
let me clear my head so then I could take the next step. I give I give to hear credit for helping me start my podcast, you know, like, you know, zooming with the homies and, and seeing, hanging out with him and seeing what he was doing and knowing that that was something that I ultimately always wanted to do. But I was like, hey, this kind of saved my life because this is like a form of therapy for me. And so I think that at some point, I hope at least one day out of the year, you really take a deep breath mm-hmm. and just smile and look around and just really take it all in. That is my solemn prayer for you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I, I do my best to do that on my birthday. You know. Okay, so, your birthday. Oh no, your birthday was just here. Mm-hmm. It was like last week, here. like weeks okay, ago. Yes. Yes, I do remember that. I was there. Yes, you were. I celebrated I with you here. Our birthday's one day apart. Yes. I'm like, I, I was there. I'm sorry. Like, so much was happening. So yeah, it was intense. It was a good time, though. Yeah, it, it was It was so intense. I was like, uh... All of a sudden, I got nauseous. And I was like, yeah, to hear So my mouth doing that water thing. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Not mad. At least you know yourself. Yeah, I, I I I didn't want to be that girl. So he was like, "You good?" I'm like, "I don't know. I'm I'm about to just speed down the street to my house." So yeah. Um. Okay. So we're talking about the future. Um. Where would you ultimately like to see, if if possible, where would you like to see transit in the next five years? Where it could be you and like you as an individual in the studio. Um, I'd like transit to actually own a studio instead of being renting one. I'd like us to be in a space where we're making scripted content, you know, like I want to like, I want us to be compared to like studios, like a 24, you know, yeah, like they're for real. And I know that's like reaching for the stars because they're like, they're the top of the top. Um, at least in my eyes, they make quality, quality content all the time. Um, but I, I really just, I, I really, that's inspiring to me. So, you know, like I want to aim for that. I want to be closer to what they do. Um, okay. so, you know, having transit, be able to make content like that, whether that, you know, for Kev on stage studios, you know, for other clients, you know, for ourselves, you know, I, I really want our content just to keep getting better and better. Um, and personally, I just want to own a bunch of property. Um, that's really the goal for me right now. I just want to be able to, um, yeah, I just want to be able to just own stuff instead of just keep renting like I've been doing in LA for the past 10 years. Cuz like if I lived anywhere else in the country and I made and I made anything similar to what I make now, I already, I would already own property outside of New York. <laughs> anywhere but New York or San Francisco. <laughs> have you have you thought about um maybe looking into getting a rental property back home? Cuz your market is about to mm-hmm. it's booming. So it, it would be like now. Yeah, I've thought about it, you know, but I, I'm I'm more interested in having a space first for myself and then okay. start building building out like uh, income generating assets. Like I just want to I've moved a lot since I've lived in L.A. and oh, wow. I don't want to anymore. I've moved a lot. And so I'm just I'm done with it. I'm just like I'm sick of having somebody else having control over where I lay my head, you know, because yeah. your landlord sells the property you live on. You got to go, you know, and that happened to me twice, you know, and like twice in three years. Wow. And so I'm just like, you know, I'm I'm good on this. You know, like I don't, I don't, I don't, I just want to have my own and be able to do whatever I want with it. Yeah, I think, I think what's tricky, even if about renting in LA as well, it's just like outside of like downtown because there's always vacancies. It's like everywhere else, like where you would want to live, it goes so fast. It's always kind of so hard to find a spot. I've been mm-hmm. in this spot since 2013. 
2012, 2013, wow. the same spot. And um, it's pretty, it's like it's rent controlled. Um, and then when we got new property management, they were, you know, like they honored my lease. So, you know, that I don't plan on moving until somebody put a ring on it and we get something and even still, I would probably try to sublet. And I know I shouldn't be like, oh, just in case. I don't want to think about that. But it's too, it's like I pay 14 for a two bedroom, one bed. So I'm like, I, 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 and though that's that stick. Yeah, I'm like, I just gotta say, like I'm trying to get my best friend to move out. I'm like, take the second bedroom, we can just split it or whatever. Right. And he's like going back and forth with the idea. But I'm like, I don't this apartment has been in, I worked at Nordstrom. My closest friends, like we all have like lived here at some point. So I just want to hold awesome. on to it. Yeah. I'm mad at you. I wish I could have done. I had a, a nine hundred dollar two bedroom, one bath in um in Koreatown. And it was a piece of crap, but I miss it. That place was amazing. So many memories were made there. And I wish I still had it just to be able to have yeah. another place that's that cheap, first of all, but also just like a getaway. Cause it was really cool. You know, I really like living. I lived there for like three or four years. Man, I I, I did that for a couple of years in my K Town apartment. I had a studio. Mm-hmm. Um and then they wanted they wanted to raise the rent, but not make them improvements. I'm like, my water runs slow in my bathroom. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna just dip. So that's how I ended up here. But you know, I wouldn't change it for the world. And yeah, LA, LA is a journey. And I tell people, it's not for the faint of heart. Like you really, no, it's, not. it's not. I have so many friends that, you know, came out here. Um, we all came around the same time and I'm like the last one standing. Well, congratulations um, on that. Yes, thank you. Um, but I, I thank you so much for popping in. I, oh, I've extended <laughs> you gave me a lot what was the thing I was supposed to guess? There was something I was supposed to guess. Oh, because supposed- you didn't go to school. Okay. So because you didn't go to school for video production. So mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like all my friends, like like I said, like we're we're went to school for communication. So whether it be journalism, VP of uh, uh or audio production. And so I saw that you didn't go to school for video production. So oh actually, you know what? Here's another question, super quick. So do you do you edit or you was like, OK, well, I know my strengths and weaknesses. This is not my I course. Do not edit. The only okay. technical ability I have is is uh, flying a drone. Like I cannot do any aspect of production besides fly a drone. I understand all the aspects of production quite well. I cannot edit. I will never sell myself as a camera operator. I am not a sound mixer. You know, it's like I'm not I don't I'm not a lighting. I don't do grip. I don't do you know none of that. I don't I don't push a dolly. You know, I never pa I never PA'd. Like the only thing I've ever done on set is be a producer or a drone pilot, or AD. Wow. I've AD'd, so I guess that's a technical thing. I can I can assist and direct, but I hate it. Um, so I avoid it whenever I can. Okay, that's crazy. That is so crazy, but that's like also crazy dope. But I get it. Like you're more of like okay, like kind of like I do PR. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna reel these clients in. I, I got that. I I can speak, but I can pitch. But nothing else. Mm-mm. I'm like, that's, I'll write the contract. That's mm-hmm. that's so that's still so dope. So it's so mm-hmm. interesting seeing how you had a pivot mm-hmm. in like your career. So that's that's what I'm like. You didn't go to school for this. Can you can you can you do this or? 
If you told me, listen, if you told me like, yeah, I learned, you know, I was watching videos on YouTube and all this stuff. I'm like, I know you like, that's crazy. Nope. So I learned on set. <laughs> like I was given an opportunity and they were just like, either you, you know, swim or sink. And I was just like, all right, cool. That's dope. That's so dope. Well, congratulations on all your success and all the success that is coming your way and continue to fill your cup and let it overflow into other people's lives. And I thank you so much for stopping by and yeah, I don't have nothing else to say. Like, tell everybody where they can find you. Tell them about everything that the studio has going on that you have going on so um, they can follow and look out and subscribe. All right. So my BIM, I'm fine. My Instagram is just at uh, Brennan Produces. As you can see, it's spelled B-R-E-N-N-O-N. Produces. Um, that's it. Um, Kevin State Studios, you can download it anywhere, the app. You can download the app anywhere that you download Netflix. Um, it's just, a, it's a monthly subscriber, but I'll give, you know what, because you guys are here, I'll give you the first seven days free. So anybody that goes ahead, goes ahead and gets it now, you can get it for free, go on there. It'll already be in there for you. And, um, it's pretty dope, really great content. We're always putting out new stuff on it as well as keep your distance is going to be happening once a month, pretty much probably for the rest of this year. If you miss that, then you miss it out in general. Cause it's probably some of the best lineups of comedians you'll ever find. If you like comedy, Keep Your Distance is a win because you can watch it at any time over the weekend. Perfect date night thing to do. Super cheap. Um, highly recommend that. So I, I Keep Your Distance Comedy on Instagram. There's a link in the bio. You can get the tickets to the next show. Um, and that's it. You know, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm proud of you as well. And with how, where you come, you've been here a little bit longer than me. Um, so good work on that. And uh, yeah, until next time. All righty. Thank you guys, everybody, uh, for tuning in. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share the podcast. And I will see you guys back here next week. And don't you go nowhere because you're going to tell me how to uh, come watch the next show. Gotcha. <laughs>